0: management.
1: Are you stuck in a health routine and don't know how to get out of it? Is keeping the weight off and living healthy a challenge? Welcome to I Don't Want to Be Fat. Your host is Marcus Aurelius. Take an hour right now and learn how to improve what you eat, how you exercise, and your everyday lifestyle. You'll look better, and more importantly, you'll feel better. Now, here is Marcus Aurelius.
2: Hey, America, how are you doing today? I thank you so much indeed for inviting me into your lives to listen to what I have to say. We're live here today on the wellness channel of Voice America. My show is called I Don't Want to Be Fat. Now, the show today was, I'm really excited about today because there's a lot of things happening. And I want to share my heart with you. The reason I want to share my heart with you is because when I started this show, I wanted to promote health and fitness to the best of my abilities. You know, I touched a lot of people's lives and have influenced them amazingly. I think the most humbling thing that ever happens to me in my life is every Christmas I get letters from people's lives who I've changed. And I must get over – I know this is going to sound almost untrue, but I get over a 1,000 Christmas cards every year of people thanking me for touching their lives. And the reason I'm able to touch their lives is because I'm real with them. You know, I I approach them at their level. And over the years, as I've evolved into this trainer, I've learned to listen to what people say. When they talk to me, I can notice things that they say and the difficulties that they're suffering from because they don't know what to do or how to approach it. And even when they're speaking to me, they don't even know what their issue is. But I've, I've learned to listen because I develop relationships with people. You know, I got into this business of health and wellness because of relationships with people who influenced and inspired me. And I wanted to share that happiness with you and the joy of what it is to be healthy and fit. But I didn't want you to think that I was some superhuman person who who doesn't deal with the same issues that you do, because I do. You know, being a business owner, I have responsibilities towards my business. And then I have responsibility towards my customers. But don't you think that that business sometimes offsets my abilities to deal with people? Because, you know, when you have your own business, I have to deal with a lot of stress, too. And sometimes it means I have to miss workouts. But what I tried to inspire you all with was the fact that if you have a routine and develop a routine, then your lifestyle becomes subject to your routine, Because your body gets used to doing certain things at certain times. Now, a lot of these questions that people sent me, uh, when I was reading them, I realized that my show wasn't covering everything that it needed to cover. As far as diet, as far as working out, and as far as helping you. And whilst I think these shows are very inspirational and inspired, they are, after all, my opinion. So this show is not about my opinion, it's about who I am. And I think if I share myself with you, then you're more able to relate to me. I want to give an example of sharing oneself with one's people is Paul Harvey. I don't know if many of you can remember Paul Harvey, I'm sure you do, but that man was a tremendous influence and inspiration. He had a lot of depth of character. And he was able to see things in people and get things out of stories that inspired us as Americans to go forward. You know, when I came over to this country back in 1986, I came over in a very dark cloud because I lived in a country that uh, oppressed me. And it oppressed me because the power of the government was so great that if I didn't fit into that hole, then I would be overlooked, shunned and become part of a poverty trap. So when I came over to America, I was greatly inspired about the freedoms that you had over here, that you could talk to people from all different classes, that you could learn from them, you could become friends with them, and that you could be inspired by them. When I was in England, I didn't get subject to that. Unfortunately, when I was younger, I hate to say this, but I was an ass, okay? I'll be honest with you. And I was an ass because I was Arrogant and ignorant. I, when I was younger, came from a very wealthy family. uh, And I loved to play soccer. My whole life was about soccer. I I was really, really very good. People would come from all over uh, where I lived to watch me play because I could do some things that really... I could play for a terrible team and make that team win against a good team. Was I a team player? No, I don't think so. I was just good at playing soccer and I was good... At scoring goals. So everybody wanted them on my team. Now, when I went to school, the school would fudge my results so that I could play soccer on the soccer team. And it wasn't until I was about 11 years old that uh, my dad became aware of the fact that I couldn't read and write correctly. So he went to the school and said, Hey, if he's getting all these good grades, How come we can't read this book? Well, obviously, in the conversation, it became painfully aware that the school wanted me to play soccer because I got them uh, uh, coverage. So my dad decided to make a very good decision. He decided to send me to a private school, a boarding school, where I was just a number or just a a, a child at the school which concentrated on education. But unfortunately... I was a soccer player, I couldn't help myself, I played soccer, I was soccer, I practiced soccer and every time I could, we'd get four coats and a ball, whether a tennis ball, a, a, a blow-up ball, a, a soccer ball, a rugby ball, a stone, whatever. We would play soccer with two goals and I would, we would just have the greatest of times. Well, of course, I got addicted to soccer and my skills just greatly improved. Well, the thing was with the school held me accountable. They told my dad that I was failing at school and that I wasn't taking care of business. But you see, my dad and I would have these great talks. But of course, I was so knowledgeable in soccer, I told him, I didn't need this soccer. And my dad told me, he said, look son, education is important because if you get hurt or you get injured or something happens where you can't play soccer anymore, you're subject to your education. Well, I kind of blew him off because I was young, I was bold, I was good-looking, I had money, I had abilities. I had it all. But what happened? This is what happened, America. I became arrogant. And, you know, I would date these girls and go to parties. I would miss the odd game here and there. I'd lose my heart to a girl. And eventually what happened is, is that I didn't do well at school. I kind of flunked. But I had this girl, her name was Amanda. Oh, I loved her so much. And the thing was, was the fact that I got called to be a professional soccer player. But because it was so far away, I didn't want to leave my girlfriend. So I gave up on my soccer career to pursue my girlfriend, who then turned around and dumped me and left me brokenhearted. Then on top of that, what happened was my parents got a divorce. I no longer came from a rich family. I came from a broken family. And I was suddenly subject to, yes, I had a good heart. I was a hard worker. But without an education, without a key to get into working properly, I I was a nobody. So I turned to a life of crime. Now, it wasn't like I was a criminal or a thief or a robber or a cheat. I was an enforcer. I was an enforcer because I was huge. When I was uh, uh, 18 or 19 years old, I could pick up a Ford Escort. I could, you know. So when people would come in, I used to have this bar in a place called Falmouth, England, and it was right on the seafront. And in this bar, people would come from the docks and deal drugs in my bar. Well, my job was to stop them from dealing drugs. So I put a sign on the wall you do drugs, I'll break something. People used to still come, and they used to still do drugs. But they would hide it from me. But if I caught them, I'd break something. I mean, there was one time I had this guy come into the bar and he was like, I can't grab my pint. I said, that's because I broke your arm. He said, why'd you break my arm? I caught you dealing drugs. I don't do drugs. Yes, you do. That's why you got a broken arm. And then I threw him out the bar again. You see, I thought I was a righteous man in a terrible situation. The police enjoyed me running this bar because it kept the druggies away from the town. I was like kind of a barrier. But what happened? One day I got involved in a fight. I got involved in a very serious fight. Um, I wasn't stupid. What I would do is, is that if people came in and they drunk, you know, they did my, came into my bar and I saw them drinking, you know, uh, doing drugs, I'd buy them drinks. I'd buy them a lot of drinks. And the reason I do that, because I knew once they became drunk, they became uncoordinated. And I wasn't drunk and coordinated, so I was a lot faster, a lot stronger, and a lot um, more able to take care of them. Well, the trouble was, was that my natural life was getting very frustrating. Because I didn't have anybody to love me. I made a lot of money, but the problem was, was that it wasn't good money. Whilst I had a lot of it, you know, it came with the job, and I'd spend that money on stuff to support my desires. Not my aspirations, my desires. I had a nice car, had lots of clothes, had a little bit of money in the bank, but I was always spending it. I was always being arrogant, and I was always doing a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. But one day, I had these guys who came in to uh, stop me from interfering with them selling drugs. There was about six of them. I said, well, okay, I, I agree with you. I was very nice to them. I was very humble towards them. But I bought them more drinks. Then I'd buy them more drinks. And I bought them more drinks. And then when they got drunk, I told them, okay, now that you've told me this, I decided that I don't like you. I don't need you. And if you ever come here again, I'll kick all your butts. So they all got up. And they all decided to take me on. Well, what happened was that this fight evolved And I almost killed two of them. And every one of them was so badly beat up in such a way. And my rage became so uncontrollable that it took like seven or eight policemen to um, calm me down and set me apart and save these people's life, Because I would have literally murdered them with my own bare hands. And because I was so enraged at my failures... And my inability to fit into a, a lifestyle or, or a way of life. And, you know, one of my party tricks was that if you handcuffed me, I was able to break out of the handcuffs. It was it was my party trick. But this time they, they cuffed me with more than one set. They cuffed me with about two or three handcuffs. And they had to really calm me down. It took about eight or nine officers to jump on my back and calm me down. And they put me in a cell over the night and... Let me cool down. And then the chief of police came in to me and said, Marcus, you and I have been friends for a very long time. I love you, but we've come to a position where we now have to protect these people from you. You're out of control. You need to move. You need to go. Because if you don't, this is only going to get worse. And someone is actually going to end up dying. Well, I was so lost and alone... And the reason I was in mourning was because I used to have such a great life. You know, when you're affluent and you're rich and you have everything you need and all the desires are taken care of, you don't know what it is to be without. And I was without. So I was literally destroyed. And something happened. Something changed my life. One day when I was working in a bar, this guy came in and told me about some dude called Jesus. And I could never get over the purity in that guy's eyes. So I threw him out because I literally thought he was on drugs. And I grabbed him and said, if you come back in here again, I'm going to knock the living tar out of you. And he looked at me straight in the eye and he said, you know, no matter what you do to me or how you hurt me, Jesus still loves you. Now that affected my life in such a way, such a huge way that I was really overwhelmed. I let the guy go and I thought to myself, okay, if there's a Jesus then I'm going to go to church and find out who he is. Well, of course, the trouble was that who I was, (laughs) those church people didn't want me going there because they thought I was going to be a cause of trouble. I was going to be a troublemaker. And they were probably right, but no one would talk to me. And every time I'd go to church, each church would call the police and get me arrested so that I, I couldn't go to church. But I knew that what that guy said was real. So one day I went to a cathedral, which is a huge religious building in England, Truro Cathedral. And I sat down there and I prayed. I said, God, I don't know if you're real, but I know if you are, you can change my life and get me out of this because I'm going to die and I'm really frightened because I don't want to die. Well, within 24 hours, everything changed. I got a job outside outside of of the bar that I was in and I got to work in a dockyard and I worked from 9 o'clock, sorry, from 4 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock at night. And I did that every day for three, sorry, for about, uh, yeah, three or four months. And whilst that was happening, God spoke to my heart. He said, I want you to go to America. So I did. And then when I came to America, I was exposed to this life where I was free from who I was. I ran away from what I was to embrace a new life and become a new person. But what I didn't count on was the person I ran away from followed me over. So even though I was inspired by the American people, and one of the things that really amazed me was American women. Oh my God, I've never... This country has the most beautiful women in the world. I mean, they are just absolutely amazing and they talk to you and they're nice. And I was like, whoa, I was totally bowled over with that. I, I never really encountered that before. Now, in my resume, you'll see that I worked at a place called Cambrai Leisure Center. You know, I had to get some sort of education from the government because I didn't have a real education. So I was taught the fundamentals of working people out at a, at a leisure center, a government-owned leisure center, where they gave me a certificate that said, hey, you know, this guy is competent to do this. So going back to coming to America, I came to America, and I came to Venice Beach. I lived uh, on Brooks Avenue at a, uh, a youth hostel there. Of course, it was right on the beach. It was a lot of fun. I was around a lot of people, had a great time. And obviously, I used to work out on Venice Beach, where I got to work out with some of my greatest heroes. And then one day, Arnold Schwarzenegger invited me to go work out with him on Saturday morning at World's Gym. So I did that. And then one Saturday, I didn't make it. So the Saturday after, when I went back there, he said to me, where have you been? I said, well, you know to live here, I have to have a job. So I work as a security guard. And he said, well, that's not going to work for me. He said, what you need to do is go down to Gold's Gym. And I'll, you know, I'll get you a job down there. And then you can work out with me here at World's Gym every Saturday morning. I said, great. So I got a job as a uh, fitness instructor at World's Gym, I think, on Washington Boulevard in uh, Los Angeles. I worked there for a couple of I think for about uh, eight months. It was really cool because people paid me by cash. Other trainers weren't how to do that, but I was. And it was great. But the problem was, remember, I ran away from this idiot in England. So I fell into the same thing. You know, the women that I used to work out, I used to have affairs with, and do all the wrong things, all the wrong ways. And you know, whilst it fed my lust, it didn't feed me. I knew that there was something inside me that was bigger than that, and I was destroying it. So. I had to leave, leave um, Los Angeles. And I, God said to me, if you follow your nose, you'll find yourself. So I did. And then I came to a place called Austin, Texas, where I got saved. And people embraced me. And my life whole life changed. I gave my life how long? I, 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 I had a whole new life. So what I'm going to do is that we're going to go to break here. And I'm going to tell you what happened with this new life, okay? Uh, I'm sorry I'm going a long way about this, and this probably doesn't seem like it's covering uh, health and wellness, but it's important that you understand this, because if you understand who I am and where I'm coming from, I'm going to help you with your direction, okay? So I'm going to be back after the break. Please come back to the show and listen to me, because you're going to really like the second part of this story, okay? We'll be back after the break. Uh, Call me at one and please write to me on my email at marcus underscore aurelius at live.com i'll be back after the break and i'll hear from you then bye
0: a fresh look at today's health voice america health and wellness
1: have you figured out what's not working in your sex life could you use a little help Join your host, Tamaran for Let's Figure It Out Intimately. Tamaran has had both highs and lows in her sex life. She uses her experiences to teach you some basic techniques on how to create more fun, intimacy, and pleasure. Her guests also come from the sexual health and wellness industry. And together, Tamaran and her guests will help you get the sex life you've always longed for. Let's figure it out. Intimately airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel.
0: Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Galler. We'll help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to I Don't Want to Be Fat with Marcus Aurelius. Call into the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Marcus underscore Aurelius at live.com. Now, back to I don't want to be fat.
2: Hey, America. I hope you're still with me. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to bore you. I'm just trying to inspire you. But sometimes when you tell a story, you have to start from the beginning so you can get to its end. All right? Now, I've been inspired to tell this story because of the letters that I've received from a lot of you. Okay? Because I want to give you a focus, a direction, and a perspective. All right? Now, After I got saved, I got married. I have a wonderful wife. Her name is Sonia, and we live in Bastrop. Originally, we lived in a place called Pflugerville. And what would happen was that um, I used to uh, – first of all, when we were married, I still worked at uh, Gold's Gym and HQ Fitness in uh, Austin. But what happened was that um, I became very successful at what I did. Uh, HQ Fitness, unfortunately, was a great gym, and I really loved the people there, but it closed down. They got overtaken by somebody else, and they didn't want me working for them. So I went across the street to uh, Gold's Gym, and they said to me that, you know, they didn't want me either. But if I wanted to bring my clients over there, that they would allow me to work them out for a small charge. And I agreed with that. Well, the problem was, was the fact that I'm really good at what I do. And I have a lot of insight. And it wasn't long before I was working out uh, probably about 200 people a week on a regular basis. I'd get to the gym at uh, 5 or 6 in the morning, and I'd work all day with them all the way through to about 7 or 8 o'clock at night. I was busy all the time, and people were inquiring with me. So I'd be working out more than one person at a time. I'd be working out two or three. But the reason I was good was because I didn't follow a, 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 a training program. I I, I knew what these people wanted because I could relate to them and they could relate to me. Well, obviously, I became so successful that uh, the management team at Gold asked me to leave because it was interfering with their business. And if I wanted to work for them, they wouldn't mind taking me on. But because I didn't have the right qualifications or ones that they uh, accepted that I, you know, that I couldn't work for them unless, of course, I wanted to be a janitor or work at the desk or a salesperson for memberships, which I refused to do. So obviously, being young, I was ticked off, so I decided to leave the health and wellness business and start my own business in the construction industry, which, again, you know, is another story, and that's not pertinent to where we are now. But be it to say, when I came back to uh, about 2004, You know, I was working out the YMCA in uh, Austin, East Communities Branch. It was a great job. I, I, I loved it. I loved the people there. Everyone was always inspiring me, and I inspired them. And sure enough, it wasn't long before I had enough business that I could do pretty well. So what I decided to do was to start up my own business. So I went into business by myself in a town called Bastrop where I developed a gym and a trade that became really overwhelming. Uh, It became so big, in fact, that um, I had to take on a partner who helped me get my business established. Now, I've been running along really, really great for the last 10 years with my business, I think it is. Yeah, almost 10 years. I've been having a lot of success and been doing really, really well. But something happened, something that I was not aware of or did not pay attention to. Whilst I realized that the demands of people changed, I didn't realize that the world was changing. So something really catastrophic happened to me that kind of knocked me off of my feet. What happened is that the gym business changed from being a place where people wanted to go, where people wanted to learn, and where people wanted to to reach goals and understand how to get goals, to being a business where, for instance, uh, insurance companies would, if you have a health comp, if you uh, if you work with a big company, they have health and benefits. If you work out at pre at a chain gym, a gym that's related to a chain, then they will pay either pay for your membership or take it off of your deductible. Well, that is a great idea in theory, but the problem is is that if you'll notice, a lot of these gyms now, these super gyms are loaded with equipment. They're loaded with the latest technology. They're loaded with all these great and wonderful machines. And they have all these young trainers. They have all these people who are educated in what to do and how to do it. But the thing is, is that they weren't selling health and fitness. They were selling a business plan. And the business plan is this, is that if you go into this place, and you see all the stuff and you like it then you will buy the image now they know that to keep you in that image that you have to have a contract or you have to pay for that contract without having to pay for it so the insurance so what they did these gyms is that they marketed the insurance and said look if you send me all your business or all your customers we'll give them a workout program and in that workout program, they will be able to get healthy and fit so that you won't have to pay much, so much for the insurance when they're sick. What a great idea. And, you know, it is a great idea. But the problem is, is human nature. I have noticed that from the questions that people have asked me is, is that they go all inspired by all this stuff. And the salesman is so nice. And, you know, they've met a new friend and they're ready to go. So they go to these places, but they don't know what to do. So they get them a trainer, and the trainer doesn't know them. He doesn't work for himself. He works for a paycheck. And whilst he may be educated, and whilst he may know a lot of things, it's like giving a 17-year-old child a Corvette. Sure, he passed his driver's test. He, 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 he is able to drive because he's been qualified. But the problem is, is that when you have a car and you give it to a 17-year-old with that much horsepower, you're going to run into a few problems because all he's going to see is speed and how fast it can go and how he can do all this fancy stuff. I remember when my son graduated from Bastrop back in 2000, uh, some parents bought their son a Supersport uh, uh, um, Camaro or Trans Am. I think it was a Trans Am. And, you know, to celebrate him graduating school, I don't know if he was a valid victorian but he was obviously did very, very well and was going to go to college, and everything was looking good. So he had this car with all this horsepower, and he'd only passed his driving permit about three weeks before. Well, obviously, the guy was going too fast down a, a straight road, didn't understand the concept of two cars approaching each other at 200 miles an hour. And he hit another car and was killed. And everybody in the car was killed. It was a very, very horrible thing. That's because they give the child too much responsibility way beyond his experience. Now, I'm just giving this as an example. Usually most of these modern gyms are filled with trainers that are very, very young. And whilst they understand the uh, basics of training, experience is something that only comes with age. And no matter how you try and educate someone in experience, it's something that you don't get from a paycheck. It's something you get from a passion. I've noticed that in these letters, a lot of you have trainers that force you to do things that make it very hard on you, that make you go beyond your understanding and put you in a lot of pain. Well, they know that if you work out that you'll become better and better. But what they don't know is that when you're in that much pain it really stops you from wanting to work out because if you can go out and have fun with your friends and the, you, or you get to go get your butt kicked you know you're going to go out with your friends and the biggest trouble is is that we sell uh, being well and healthy on the tv you know i've got this gym if you buy this machine for 1999 away you're going to look like this well you know what that's a lie you're not if you join this gym you can look like this that's not true because I'm gonna tell you something unless you can relate to the person that has the experience to get you to where you need to go to you're gonna run into a lot of problems now where do we learn how to get these wrong concepts well let me go to the schools you know I am very dissatisfied with trainers at schools The amount of kids that I've worked out who've been seriously injured from lifting weights incorrectly because the parents trust the teachers to teach them the proper dynamics of powerlifting. Well, most of these teachers know about powerlifting, but how many of them have been able to squat 800 pounds? Yet they teach these kids to. How can you train someone to go somewhere you've never been before if you only have an idea of what it is and not what it actually is? See, The idea at school is that the bigger you are, the stronger you are, then the more useful you are. Well, that's not true. You know, football is not about being big and strong. It's about being healthy and fast. When you're at school and you're lifting more than 300 pounds, you're going to end up in trouble. When you get older, you're going to have bad knees, you're going to have a bad back, and you're going to have bad feet. How many of you have that problem now? Well, that's because you were taught wrong. The amount of people that come into my gym and I see them squatting, I have to stop them. I say, hey, 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 no, 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 no. You can't do it like that. If you do, you're going to get hurt. Well, that's the way I was taught. I said, okay, well, let's do this. Let's put no weight on the bar. I'll show you how to do it properly. And let's see if you could do 20 of them the right way. Well, I can do 400 pounds. Really? Well, let's see you do 45 pounds. You know what? They can't lift the 45 pounds. They get to about five or six or seven or eight, and they're burnt out. And they're like, oh, my God. I said, that's because you're learning how to do it right. A lot of people, when they come to do the gym, they go do their bench press. They do it wrong. I say, look, you've got too much weight. You're, doing too, you're working too hard, and you're not going to get anywhere, and you're using the wrong muscles. They say, really? I said, yeah, let's take all the weight off. Let's learn form first. If we can learn how to do this correctly, then your weights will go up. And you know what? It does. The the amount of people, and even myself. I was a trainer for 10 years before I met a guy called Dwayne Medeer, who showed me how to do these things correctly. Because what I was taught at gyms, through great people, was wrong. And it was really humbling for me to find out how to do it the right way. Look, if you're sold a dream, then you become subject to the gene. But if you have wisdom and knowledge, which is what this show is about, to make you make the right decisions, then you can go further. Being fit and healthy does not mean just having a membership to a gym. If you have a membership to a gym and you're not going, you're a sucker. The reason you're a sucker is because you're living off the dream that you will one day go, and you never will. Look, you don't have to be real to yourself. I'm having to be real to you today. The reason I'm being real to you today is because something very cataclysmic happened to me in my life. I've overcome uh, bone spurs, injuries, I've overcome a lot of things in my life as a trainer. Um, Here last year, for instance, I, I had a bone spur growing into the back of my neck which crippled me and I had to have surgery and I've never been able to bounce back like I usually do. I'm still working on that. But to do that. I luckily had the knowledge of what to do to get me to where I'm needing to go. I had to change my perspective for my ideal. But today, I, I've been faced with something that is so traumatic and tormenting me that I need to share it with you so that you can understand why I'm going this way about my program. And that is this. I'm having to shut my gym down. And the reason I'm having to shut my gymnasium down, which has been in business, for 10 years and been very successful is because I've lost all my customers to a new gym that has all this modern machinery and their insurance pays for them to go there. You know, my older people, they work for the Texas uh, Teachers Commission or whatever. Well, they get to be a part of, you know, uh, a well-known, I think it's golden or silver sneakers, which is accepted by this new gym. So two years ago, I tried to be accepted by these insurance companies because of the amount of people that I had. But because I wasn't a chain, they didn't want to know. So then when a chain moved in, I have all these people that leave me because $35 a month, which is what my memberships are, is too expensive for them. If they can go across the street, go into this wonderful gym with all this equipment, with all this fancy stuff and everything that they need, They don't have to pay. It's free. Well, let me tell you something, America. What you don't pay for, you don't understand its cost. So I have all my people that have left me to go to this new, wonderful gym. And it is. It's wonderful. It's truly, truly great. But nobody goes. I had somebody try and join my gym the other day. And they said, wow, how come you're so busy? That new gym is empty. I said, because I hold you to a different standard. I make you accountable. Well, unfortunately, as I say, I've lost too many people, so I have to start again. Now, wouldn't you think that someone with all this knowledge and understanding 30 years would have my own radio show? I have over a thousand references, letters of recommendation of people who have been badly hurt, injured told that they could never walk again able to walk people that were told that if they didn't have their knees replaced would never be able to you know that they would be in severe pain for the rest of their life they come to me they can walk they're free all those people every year i get a thousand letters over a thousand i think last year it was almost like 1500 people writing to me christmas cards saying thank you for what you did to me in my life don't you think that if you showed up to a job with all those recommendations and everything that they would accept you and say yeah you come here that they don't turn me down dead so I have a lot of conf- uh, a lot of friends and a lot of influence in my local area about training and working out so I went to go and see my friend and I asked him I said you know can I have a job with you and he sat me down he looked me straight in the eye and he said Marcus I love you because I know your abilities and your your ability to be able to do what we do he said I know that you're a successful trainer He said, because I've seen you do things that just amazed even me. He said, but I can't hire you. And I said, why is that? He said, because if I hire you, people are going to come to the gym all the time, and they're going to wear out my machinery. He said, if people come to see you, that means that the gym's always going to be full, so that when people want to come and work out, or I want to sell them a membership, I'm not going to be able to sell them a membership, because they're not going to have enough time on the treadmill. I'm going to have to put limitations. I was like, wow. You mean you sell memberships, but you don't sell health and wellness? And he said, that's exactly right. And he says, as a result, you are now a dinosaur. He said, the only reason, the only way that I can get you back into this is if, I, if you get an education. Wow. So my experience and my knowledge And my understanding doesn't count for anything. Is that what you're telling me? He said that's exactly it. I was bowled over. But anyway, I got a cheerful message for you when I come back. So please call me one eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. Email me at Marcus underscore Aurelius at live dot com. Please. I want to inspire you, but to inspire you I have to be truthful. In being truthful, you can be honest with yourself. If you can be honest with yourself, you're not held back by your limitations or your understanding. You are able to evolve into something better. And that's the point of this show. But I can't give you that point unless I'm honest with you with where I am in my life. So when we come back, I'm gonna tell you my new plan and I'm gonna tell you the direction in which I'm taking. But I want you to understand that the more prepared, the more aware and the more able you are to listen to this show, the better result you have. I'll be back after the break. Call me again, 1 472 5792. Bye!
0: Opinions, Options, Answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. There are all kinds of issues which can affect our relationships, our families our workplaces, and communities. Tune into Breakthrough with Michael Pipich for a clearer understanding to what these issues of modern life are and what kind of solutions are being presented and discussed. Michael and his guests will talk about teen suicide, PTSD, alcohol and drug abuse, bipolar disorders, and more. It's deeper understanding of our life and healing breakthrough with michael pipich is heard every thursday at 9 a.m pacific time noon eastern on voice america health and wellness
1: why do people behave the way they do the study of human behavior is one of the most interesting facets of life human behavior gets played out in a limitless number of ways now there's a radio program that explains the why and the how of what we do human behavior What a Trip is hosted by Dr. Jonathan Brouwer and will include interesting guests as well as call interaction from people like you. Let's have fun with this together. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to I Don't Want to Be Fat with Marcus Aurelius. Call into the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to marcus underscore aurelius at live.com. Now back to I Don't Want to Be Fat.
2: Hey, hey, America. All right, we're back. I got 15 minutes to wrap this beppy up. All right? Now, I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I really don't. Uh, I, I'm very – the biggest problem about closing down a gym is not closing down the gym. It's leaving the relationships with these wonderful people that I have in my life. I mean these people have touched me. We've shared blood together. We've gone through things that and, – and problems and issues that have changed their lives. Because in being a personal trainer, who's my age, not only do I inspire them, I encourage them. That even though they make mistakes, and even though they take 10 steps backwards, I'm there to put out my hand and help them. You're not going to find that in one of these nice new hooty, tooty, fluty gyms with all this stuff. Remember, it's easy to sell stuff because it's easy to visualize. Truth is a different matter altogether. Truth is a hard thing to sell because the proof is in the pudding. But people don't want to put the work in to achieve the goals. Why? Well, because we've been bought up to believe that if you do this, if you do that, if you have this, if you have that, you become this. It's not true. You know, I know a lot of people had a conversation with somebody the other day about God. They don't believe in God, which is great. You have that choice. But the problem with truth is at the end of your life, you have to give an accountability of what you did with it. And it doesn't matter what you believe. That's a reality. Now, because you're not surrounded by that reality, you can always dispel that reality by a concept or opinion or a point of view. Now, being a Christian, I have, and being a personal trainer, I have a lot of point of views, have a lot of opinions, but they're my opinions and they're my point of views. I cannot tell you how humbling it is to find out when you're wrong about something and have to change your idea. But if you want to remain sharp and good, you have to be subject to change. Now, or you're going to have to be subject to truth. Now, if I don't believe what I'm saying is true, then obviously I'm going to fall short. But I know that what I do and what I sell and my abilities are truth. And I know that's true because how many people do you know that receive over 1,300 to 1,500 Christmas cards every Christmas because of how you touch their lives? I do that. How many times people stop me in the street who i forgot? say thank you Marcus for helping me thank you without you I would have never made it through I sowed that seed into other people's lives but you know in my own life it doesn't it seems that it all has come to an end but you know the good thing is is that I'm prepared not in myself not in what I'm able to do but I have faith in a God that says that he would never leave or forsake me well you know if it's not real then I wouldn't have that hope. Without that hope, I wouldn't have faith. But I have a God that's bigger than I am. And the one thing about faith is it doesn't matter what you know in the word, it doesn't matter how much faith you think you have, it's all a—it's nothing. It doesn't mean a thing. Because unless you allow that word, his word, to be in your mouth, to speak over situations, you're just like any other religious nut. It's not about my opinions. Not about what I believe, it's about truth. Now, I am shutting my gym down and it's breaking my heart. I'm not able to get any job opportunities in my field despite my experience because I don't have the right credentials. So do I give up and die? No. Never surrender. Never give up. Never. I'm a fighter to the end. So what I've done is I've got me a, a, a job where I can have time to afford to go to school to get my last 40 credits. All I need is 40 credits. And I'm inspired by that because if I can overcome this, what else can I overcome? It's the same with you working out. You know, you're going to come to a point where you're not going to be able to progress, where you're not going to be able to improve yourself. So what do you do? Do you give up? No, you don't. You sow seeds. It's like a pension plan. I mean, there are times when your pension plan is making a lot of money, and there are times when it's making none. There's a time when the stock goes up, and there's a time when the stock goes down. The trick is knowing when to buy. The same thing with training. The trick is knowing when to move on. The trick is knowing how to make the right decisions. The trick is learning how to adapt. If your workouts are too hard for you, and you're getting hurt, you're going to doing it the wrong way. A lot of times I have runners that come to me who have shin splints, and they kill them, or they have bad knees, and they don't know how. And the doctor says it's impossible. But you see, I introduce them to an active rest program where the muscles can recover themselves, where they become stronger and better and have greater endurance, that when they start running again, they can do it without pain. That's not something you're taught. That's something you learn. That's an experience thing. So, my deal is this. If your plan and your workout problem is not, you're not progressing anywhere, or if you're getting hurt, then you need to change something. If you're going to a gym where you're not working out, then you're in the wrong gym. I'm going to tell you, most of the best gyms in America aren't these high dollar price gyms with all these contracts. They're these backstreet gyms where people have founded their business off their experience and their abilities, that their credentials speak for themselves not in their education but in their knowledge and understanding you know you need to know where to look you know it's like healthcare i'm a great proponent of healthcare i really am i think it's something every nation should have but how can we have healthcare where the people run that healthcare don't have to pay for their own healthcare if it has no cost to them, then it has no value to them. Yes, we should have health care, but should we pay as much for it as we do? You know, a lot of times people tell me that they can't afford to work out because they don't have the money. Yet they show up to the gym in a 60000 $70,000 car or truck. Priorities. Ten years' time, that truck is going to be worth nothing. If you don't work out within those ten years, neither are you. See, perspective. You need to make, if you can, you know, most people can invest in a pension plan because they know how much it's going to cost them. You can't invest in a workout program if you don't know how much it's going to cost you. Sure, you can join a gym. Sure, you can get a trainer. But what if it's the wrong trainer at the wrong gym? Guess what? That's a waste of money. Well, how do you know what is the right trainer and what is the right gym? Well, it's where you start. A lot of people have trouble in working out because they don't understand their goals. You know, most people work out because they want to look good for the summer. Well, you know, that's not a workout plan. That's, that's, that's crazy because you can only do that for a season in your life. But when you get over 45 years old, that, that, that's not going to happen unless you've already grounded and based yourself in the knowledge of what you need to be doing. And the thing is, is that sure, all these facilities offer all these wonderful, wonderful Chances to become something and do something. But they don't tell you the cost. And the reason they don't tell you the cost is because they want your money. They don't give a two hoots about you. Can you see that? If you're in a contract and you're paying, don't you think you're... You know, it's amazing to me that this small gym here in... uh, I think the most members I ever had in my gym were probably almost 800 people. This new gym has almost 3,500 gyms members and you know what none of them go because the insurance company wrote them a letter saying hey if you join this gym this is what you get so they go over there and they join and think oh this is wonderful but suddenly then the cost starts affecting their lives and it's like oh perhaps this wasn't such a good idea see a lot of people tell me that they get hurt because they're doing the wrong exercises a lot of these machines at these gyms if you don't know how to use them properly but you do what other people do because you see them do it, so it must be right, you're going nowhere. You know, treadmills, if you don't know how to use a treadmill correctly, you're going to do more harm to yourself than you are good. I'm telling you, if you learn to use a treadmill properly, you can burn more calories walking on a treadmill than you can ever running. If you know how to use an elliptical properly, you can can burn more calories in an hour properly than you can working on an elliptical for four hours. But you see, people don't want to know that knowledge because if you know it, then you're accountable to it. If what you know isn't working, then something's wrong. One of the greatest questions I get is that I'm eating right, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but I still don't lose weight. Well, how long have you been doing this? Four weeks. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) And it took you 10 years to get here, right? look you need direction if you don't have someone to tell you what to do who knows what they're talking about guess what you're gonna lose direction I can't begin to tell you how many trainers don't know what they're doing and you lose interest and you never go back to the gym but you know what you're still paying sucker (laughs) I'm sorry I don't mean to be rude but it's a truth and it's a reality If you don't want to go work out after you finish working hard, it's because your workout is boring. You don't have any goals. You don't have any direction. You're whipped by every wind of doctrine. You're influenced by what you see on the TV. Do you think for one moment that that TV is selling you the truth? It's not. It's selling you a product. Do you think these gyms are selling you health and wellness? No. They're selling you a product that they know that you will never become a part of. I mean, I was amazed that the business model of modern gyms today is for an 80% fallout, 80%. 80%, can you believe that? That's unbelievable. That means 80% of the people that go there are paying for something that they're never going to use because they were inspired by a salesman with a flashy smile and a program that's... Sure, works, but does it work for you? Do you know the right questions to ask? I mean, the amount of young men that I have coming to the gym whose coaches don't want them to work out with me because of what I expose them to. No, no, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Really? When I went up to the school and said, well, how much do you lift? Well, that's not the point, isn't it? (laughs) I've got this, I've got but that – you know what? It doesn't make any difference. In a school of thought, to have a, a an award or, 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 or an accolade for something that you were able to think about or to take advantage of is nothing compared to the real thing. I mean one of the greatest heartbreaks I ever had in my life was that last year, uh, Bastrop – or two years ago, Bastrop had a fire. And I had so many awards, accolades, trophies, letters uh, of inspiration – Loads of things. Because obviously these Christmas cards that I get each year, I like to save them and box them up because when I feel down, I can go back to them and read them, and it encourages me. But they were all burnt away in the fire. Melted. Trophies gone. Some of the competitions I can't even remember. So my legacy was destroyed. But, you know, the thing is, is that I'm true to my heart, and I know who I am and what I'm able to do. People. There are things in life that are going to knock you sideways. But luck favours the prepared. If you're healthy, you're a lot more able to deal with stress. If you're, if you're healthy, you're a lot more able to deal with things that go wrong in your life. If you are stressed out, fat, overweight, and have an eating disorder, it's because you are subject to your situation. The one thing about proper training that it teaches you Is to overcome these things because you have taught yourself how to become an overcomer. People, I want to encourage you. Life sometimes sucks. And when it does, what's really inside of you comes out. I want you to be encouraged with who you are and where you're going. But to do that, you've got to learn to love yourself. And the only way you can do that is not by watching the TV or listening to what people tell you. It's about investing time in yourself so that you can appreciate who you are. That's what this show is about. Sure, I have opinions and points of view, but they're not important. What's important is you. What's important is your direction. I want to inspire you to be more than a conqueror. I want you to be inspired about if this doesn't work, then take another path. I want you to know that inside of you, God created you to be great. But what you do with that greatness is your choice. What path you take is your decision. This show is to educate you. This show is about helping you and inspiring you. I wanna inspire you. That's why I don't sell drugs and uh, supplements on the show because it's not about the money I can make off of this show. It's about appealing to you and giving you a truth that you can go with and work with. People, I'll say goodbye and I look forward to hearing you next week. Okay. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming. Let me into your houses. I really appreciate you taking time to listen to this show. I'm just hoping that it's an inspiration to you. Y'all you have a great time. Be blessed and look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. <laughs>
1: Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to join Marcus Aurelius for another edition of I Don't Want to Be Fat next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And live better.